we know that you wanted to be at the Fight Laugh Feast Conference, but you can't come all the days. We have a day pass where you can come on Saturday where you get to hear great speakers like Pastor Doug Wilson, Pastor Jared Longshore, Pastor Toby Sumter, Cross Politics Live Show with Jason Woodlock and Megan Basham. Join us for the Sabbath Feast where we get to laugh with comedian John Brannion all for the low, low price of $99. Sign up for the day pass, flfnetwork.com. Looking forward to seeing you there at the conference. Not a psalm. Oh, 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 you're right. You're right. My bad. There is what happens when Meet the Press comes to Moscow, Idaho, and we got our own cameras? <laughs> the truth gets told. The truth gets told. What yeah. happens? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox and the Water Boy. This is Beer and Psalms Wednesday. Yes, it is. yes sir. The can. Got yeah. here for this, this thing. Uh, Fat tire in a can. I got you. Oh, I got you. Got I'm, I'm okay. doing the. Uh, I'm doing mm. the the black. Porter from Bend, mm, Oregon. Cheers to the king. Cheers so, to the so we king. forgot to organize this a little bit, Toby. We're going to play a video, and then you're going to do the okay um, plug. Okay, mm. cool. So we're going to start here. So like I said, Meet the Press came into town. A lot of you guys, we're just assuming most of you guys saw Meet the Press. With, NBC. With, uh, called um, The Rise of Theocracy, Christian Nationalism I think it's Theocracy Rising. The, right. Theocracy Rising. Theocracy Rising. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's special. Like yeah. the title. Uh, yeah. and so, but, but what <laughs> Love we, and Thunder. Doug agreed to the interview. Pastor Wilson agreed to the interview as long as we had our camera yeah. present. And right. so uh, there was, uh, overall, Meet the Press uh, did, I don't think, painted a bad picture on us or don't really did a bad edit. There's some goofy things in it, some worldview issues, and there's maybe a couple edits where it's like, man, we wish they would have included this or whatever. So overall, Meet the Press was fine. But I like how he takes the universal us on this. <laughs> it's so great. Well, I'm just agreeing. I'm just assuming. Okay. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming. But uh, there's, there's, one, there's one clip that Doug uh, released uh, after the interview went out and said, yeah. hey, here's, here's something that we wish they would have included right. uh, in, in, in the it, cut yeah. or pieces they would have included in the edit. So how would Moscow change that? Oh, you'd get a lot more tolerance. <laughs> you'd get more tolerance oh, because your critics say you're intolerant. <laughs> That's what they say. What would, what would change about the character of Moscow? Oh, people would stop spitting on people's windows. You wouldn't try to run people out of town. You wouldn't accuse them of being a cult, things like that. Should women be subservient to men? No. No. The world is hierarchical. But that is not a disparagement of women. So um, if, if the question, going back to your original question, if you were asking, uh, would women be allowed to you know, talk? <laughs> would they be allowed to go out in public? Or would we wrap them up in reformed evangelical burgas? Would they be allowed to wear pants? No, no, absolutely not. So when you say wives should be submissive to their husbands, does this mean, why shouldn't they be equal? Um, well, because God created us a certain way. In my marriage, I'm married to a woman who believes this, this divine order as firmly and of, as I do and independently of me. She already believed that before we got together. So together, we have a harmonious relationship because we are on the same page when it comes to this. I have a particular role. She has a particular role. And we both know in Christian theology, the submission of the wife to the husband does not uh, communicate or telegraph weakness or inferiority. 
because also in Christian theology, Jesus, the Son of God, submitted to his Father when he went to the cross. So good. He, he was submitting to his Father. So it's a fundamental tenet of Christian theology that submission does not equal inequality. You better preach, mm. Pastor. Whoa. Here's a you, Pastor. Wait yeah, here. right. Cheers to Pastor Doug. That was good. Trigger warning. If you're not comfortable with God's mandate to fill and subdue the world through fruitful households headed by masculine men, press mute now. What? Mute. If you're hearing this, you know it's hard to find anyone who shares your convictions on marriage and culture. You know, people who agree with Pastor Doug. <laughs> so it's hard to find anyone to marry. Dominion Dating is solving that problem. We're the only dating site that vets users for their commitment to biblical gendered piety. In fact, they all have to watch that clip and say, do you agree with it or not? Our free beta <laughs> opens September. Join the marriage. What? Just September? Opens <laughs> Join the marriage reformation at Dominion Dating. Dominion dot dating. Yeah, that was. Did I read it right? Dominion dot dating. There's actually a dot dating. Dot dating. Dominion dot dating. Be, be careful what you. Uh, okay, but www.dominion.dating. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There we go. I didn't even know there was a dot dating. Now, interesting. There's a dot. I had no idea. First time I've ever seen that. It makes makes me a little nervous, but I'm not going to forget that website now. (laughs) (laughs) Dominion.dating. And when you say it, you have to say it. Dating. Dating. All right. All right. So that that was um, in the. uh, So they had used a clip of that in in the in the interview process. And the the hilarious thing about uh, there's a couple things that struck me about that clip. For one, Doug's maintaining that Moscow would actually be more tolerant than it is now. And if anybody if anybody has lived here in Moscow actually would agree with that. Any any normal person in town would actually agree that because we've been uh, I mean every time we tried to get a building permit in town it, it it takes us months to get anything done. Our like you know, New Saint Andrews tries to yeah. get a building permit. We've had yeah. our tires slashed. We've had windows spit on, as Doug referenced. We have constant vandalism on our businesses in town. Yeah, I, was say I mean, that like part. We, yeah. it, the the uh, the my kids clean the church offices. Okay, um, the downtown theater, and there's a, there's there's video surveillance, but that doesn't slow anybody down. And <laughs> um, I would say, on average, twice to three times a week. There's spit on the windows. Yeah. You, know, you know how it is? It's just love. I know. It's just yeah. Yeah. It's just them showing saliva love. Secular love yeah. is what that yeah. is. And, and yeah. then the other thing is, and we'll get into more of this later when we get to the round table there. So they had this, probably the first 15 minutes of the Meet the Press was kind of focusing on a Moscow. That was 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, the last eight minutes was uh, this round table. Right. But in this particular, once they start getting into the conversation about subservient versus submission yeah. versus equality. Right. Um, that's where you start seeing the worldviews just like yeah. talk way past right. each other and all this. Right. Do you consider Christ Church a church? I don't. Really? I really don't. Hmm. What is it then? Um, I I see it as a as a, a dominionist cult. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Elizabeth Stevens leads the Unitarian Universalist Church of the Palouse. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is what they think is normal Christianity in America. Woman pastor, Unitarian, and they were using this part of the interview to like contrast what our what Christ Church's right, version right. of Christianity is right. versus, you know, the Unitarian welcome right. all relationships. Go, going to a Unitarian Universalist to ask about Christ Church being Christian is like going to Burger King asking for a pizza. 
<laughs> okay, exactly. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, like, like just yeah. in there. So I, I hadn't gone and looked at like Universalists. Like, what do they believe in? Oh yeah, they they describe themselves as the most liberal religion out there. Yeah, like they embrace atheism and Buddhists and Christians, of course. Their beliefs about the Bible, it's not required. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's one more I thought yeah, yeah. was pretty funny about this. Oh, uh, yeah, God. Some Unitarian Universalists believe in God. Some don't. Right. That's who they went to. Right. Yeah. And uh, so to there's, contrast. Right. Now this doesn't say to, to describe whether something's a church or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they would know. But the thing is, it's not so much about the Unitarian Universalist thing. Yeah. It's more about the journalism. Mm. Like even a very honest person That's doing right. journalism would say, okay, what are the people that are the normative, average evangelical right. Christians? How do they look at? Duh. I would expect them to have those people to say, well, yeah, we can think he's a, but they know they won't get the answer that they right. want. Right. And so they went to the far out, like completely right. outside of right. them. Right. It's, it's just not, it's disingenuous in every way when it comes it to really doing is, journalism. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's where the worldviews, I think, really fell, started falling apart. And then they go on to apparently uh, interview, you know, you always got to find some couple that comes to your church and leaves and then doesn't like you anymore, right. you know, right. some sort of fellowship of the grievance. Well, they, they, they found, um, a couple. Women should wear women's clothes. They shouldn't wear pants. Shouldn't have short hair. Shouldn't have short hair. Shouldn't, um, men shouldn't wear earrings. No one should have tattoos. And then there was this, <laughs> a psalm sing in the middle of the pandemic, protesting the local mask mandate. Wait, is that, that your that's, mom? That's my mom there with pants on. No. Pants. <laughs> is your mom go to our church? She goes to our church. Yeah, yeah. Is she like in church discipline or anything? No, not at it's all. Not no, at no, all. No, okay, no. so yeah. she's yeah. allowed. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I just. Uh, you know, I mean, just a little, just a little bit of research by Meet the Press, but, and they wouldn't have kept that in there. Well, you know, just a little bit. And, and I mean, speaking of journalism, I mean, did did they notice? I mean, I because like, that, that's quite the cut. Okay, everything yeah. on a project goes to a QC. You know, a QC is quality control, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when somebody does that cut, you think you think they knew? Well, <laughs> I think when you have a motive, you can't see very okay, clearly. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm guessing. So, I'm guessing they didn't see that, it, but I'm but I'm just thinking, man, what a gift from the Lord. Yeah, uh-huh. they they're not allowed to wear pants, and then and then cut to cut the very to next clip. All the women singing psalms, and wearing, wearing, and they look like pants. women too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so those are some of the, the the clips that we wanted to highlight for you guys about some of the, um, uh, I think some of the setup for where the roundtable is going to go. Okay. So here we get into the roundtable, and we're, they actually start off with kind of defining, you know, what is, or we're going to actually cut to the clip where they're defining what is Christian nationalism because this oh. whole this whole controversy is, okay. that's brewing is over the rise of theocracy right. and Christian oh, look, nationalism. Look at that, look at that nice stained glass. Look at that glass. Look at that stained glass. Mm. Talking about theocracy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating um, because really when we look at it, Christian nationalism, and, and Anthea brought this up earlier, is, is about power. And when we think of that in terms of a democracy and a functioning democracy, um, it's about sharing power and playing by the same rules. And so with Christian nationalism, we find over and over that if it comes down to democracy or power, they're going to choose power every time. And mm. so this idea of, of a country uh, for the people, by the people, it's really a country for a particular people, by a particular mm-hmm. people. And so for those in the GOP, um, trying to figure out, are we really about democracy where we're going to play by the same rules yeah. or not? And um, that's the big question I think at stake. Okay, and so uh, this roundtable, I think, gets really confused quick. Here, uh, and, and this guy's trying to find kind of what, you know, um, uh, Christian nationalism is. Mm-hmm. And then he points to our com- countries of democracy. We, we aren't a democracy, we're a republic. And and but let's just representative republic representative yeah. republic, but let's just give him the 
let's just say, okay, our country's a democracy. Well, that's all democracy is, is raw power. It's just the 51%. He makes a false equivocation between. 100%. It basically said democracy twice or power twice. Right. Yeah. And democracy is a way of distributing power. That's right. Right. And and you're going to get 51%. Right. That's right. That's it. I don't think he wants that nation either. Well, and so then if it's, if that's the case, if democracy is what he's arguing for, then what's wrong with the people who all agree with what their worldview is deciding to vote for that thing and forcing that 49% to do what they want. If you're all about democracy, then what's the problem? Now, I don't agree with how they're painting the picture between Christianity and and, uh, what they call Christian nationalism and democracy. I completely disagree with how they're dividing those two things up. But if there is this democracy that you're for, then you can't criticize this side over here because democracy Mm -hmm. is all about power. And anybody who is a minority, who is a black person, who is a white person, who is a Christian male, right? Anybody who's a minority has to hate democracy because all that is at the end of the day is whoever has the most power is now the Lord over you. that fifty-one percent, right? But to quote Tom, but Christianity is completely different. Uh, to yeah. quote Tom Askell, if if logic was COVID, this table wouldn't catch it. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Bars. So, so he goes on. They go on to actually. Um, this is actually an interesting follow-up comment where they're going to talk about you know, it, um, where do you draw the line when it becomes Christian nationalism? And listen to this; it, it kind of follows up this guy's comments. Anthea, where would you draw the line? Because there are many, there are many people on the left side of the political spectrum who say, yeah, you should incorporate more teachings of the Bible mm-hmm. into your public policy. But what is that line where it becomes Christian nationalism? I think the line becomes when people become so dogmatic that they want to step over into a violent space. And what I mean <laughs> by that is the people who want to impose something on someone else. I think one of the great things about America is that it's a democracy, right? And oh. that America got started by people who did more escaping religious autonomy so they could have religious freedom. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I think is really important here in the delineation between what is Christian nationalism and what is not Christian nationalism is what are people trying to impose? Are they trying to use their Christian nationalism to do a takeover? Mm -hmm. And then finally, who gets to be included as a Christian in America? And I think that's a really important part. Well, she's all merged together with everything. She's talking about Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. Mm. With uh, violent, a violent space, right? Okay, so start imposing. from, start I mean, from burning the down Antifa. police stations. So, yeah. Pastor, start from the back end. Let's just take. I, I kind of want to separate things for her. She's asking who gets to be a Christian in America. Okay, yeah. Who gets to be a Christian? Um, Christians, people who believe in Jesus yeah. and and who are baptized and right. okay. Who gets to be an American? Americans, Americans, people who have the citizenship, who were born here, right. who have somehow gained citizenship through the process, right? Those are baptism, th- right? Those are two different. Yeah, ba- <laughs> that's oh, great. Great, thanks, Gabe. Oh, great. Those are those are two different categories right. that she's merged together. Nobody's arguing for that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's right. arguing that reality at all, yeah. right? Yeah. What she's trying to argue for. Nobody's right. arguing for that. So that's and no, like, and nobody's arguing um, uh, that you have to like convert to Christianity by the sword. Oh, we'll get there. But, but and, and, nor <laughs> nor is it. Oh, we no, arguing we're that. Not. <laughs> no, we're not. Nor are we arguing that anybody in the civil magistrate gets to control what happens in your church. And nobody in your church, right, gets to live in the office of a civil magistrate outside of rightly being elected to that position. 
Which, again, if you're for all this democracy, what's wrong with that? Part of the thing that they're they're playing with, they're not they're not actually addressing is, and the the other guy, the the, the guy that was talking Andrew, about power Whitehead. and democracy, yeah. Whitehead, he he was talking about playing by the same rules, right? And I just want to ask him, which rules, right? Yeah, which right. rules? I well, I'm all good with playing by the same rules if we're we're talking about biblical justice, yeah, yeah. talking about bi- biblical rules, but everybody's playing by rules. Right. And 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 it's very it's disingenuous of them to say you know well if you're being good it's fine but if you're being bad it's bad define good well, well yeah define, define good define, define bad. bad because yeah. you're the the liberals stand for murdering babies in their mother's womb yeah. yeah I mean is that coercion is that violence is that a violent space yeah I would call that a violent space yeah. by the way right. and people who want to disfigure um, children's bodies with hormones and 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 trans and surgeries. surgeries. Is that a violent space? Yeah. I would call that a violent space. Burning down police stations. That's a violent space. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's being coercive. That's being violent. But mm-hmm. of course, it's all begging the question of what's your standard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. And so what is that's the other thing she was talking about is like when you're trying to force your beliefs onto somebody yeah. else. But what everybody needs to make sure that they realize is that when you're working about policy and you're working about laws, yeah. everybody, when they're working through policy, is bringing a morality yeah. to what is right, right. and what is wrong right. to right. say this is right. what's going to disciple us right. to being more human. We are always legislating morality. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so and don't, don't say we can't legislate morality. No, you're. Always passing a law that is either moral or immoral yep. based on God's standards. That's that's inescapable. Yeah. So this next clip is kind of an odd um, uh, statement uh, in trying to also kind of continue on the line of defining what is Christian nationalism. And Andrew, is it almost a feature that Moscow is the place trying to do this because they almost want to be reactionary to the majority of the population? It's easier to find fundamentals in a reactionary in a place that 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 you know maybe you feel like you're the outsider. Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the insights of of sociology is it's uh, easiest to find who we are when we know who we're not. And so when you can define yourself against who you're not, that's really powerful. It creates very powerful in-group bonds. Um, we're going to pull together. We're going to face the outside threat, the things that we're afraid of. Um, and it becomes a really central part of your identity. And, and that's what's so powerful about Christian nationalism. All right. First of all, I, I reached out to, to Whitehead um, on Twitter and said, hey, come on our show. Let's talk about this. First. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Email me. Uh, gave me his email address. And I haven't heard from him. Well, he'll, maybe he'll come now so. because that right there is like ain't no what nobody saying man we can need to get meet the press out here right yeah. <laughs> we ain't stunting y'all no. <laughs> y'all chasing our fires okay yeah. we sitting here yeah. loving yeah. Jesus why, loving yeah, our why, neighbors why, why did you decide and to y'all come to coming Moscow? to coming to Moscow what is yeah. Moscow right. and yeah. notice also calling it reactionary when you know up until about I don't know ten minutes ago. Mm. Everything that they think is crazy. I mean, right. you, uh, what's what's the what's the gal's name that interviewed Pastor Doug? Um, Ann Thompson. Yeah, Ann Thompson. You know, she, she's like, I mean, she tweeted out, you know, right after everyone thing went live that um, that that Pastor Wilson and Christ Church want to make their city a Christian city. Yeah. Um, they believe that wives should submit to their own husbands, and they don't believe in abortion or gay marriage. Yeah. Oh, that's actually. Do you have that clip? Um, and and hey, and no, but no. but that's like, okay, that's. Like basic Christianity 101 for the last, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years. Yeah. And um, and until about 15 minutes ago was the vast majority of American Christians. Democracy? That's the thing, Pastor, that I think it needs to be really observed here. That clip that we played earlier about them going to the Unitarian pastor, hmm. that wasn't a clip about um, Christians 
identifying who's Christian or not. That was a clip about them saying this is the only kind of Christianity that we're willing to allow in the new world. That's right. You got to understand that when they talk about abortion, when they talk about homosexuality, identity, yeah. uh, she talks about it in one of the clips. What's going on there is saying, hey, the new world doesn't allow you to have any sort of disagreement with this. And the reason that Christians care about them aren't because they're trying to fight against those things being normative. They're saying it is not loving to kill a child in the womb. Right. Mm -hmm. It is not loving mm -hmm. to yeah. allow other people to live outside of the identity that they uh, have. God has given them as a man or as right. a woman. Right. You will hurt yourself being a homosexual. Right. It will be destructive for right. you. Do you understand me? Mm -hmm. This identity, the um, the in, in, the uh, what is transgenderism? Yeah. That right there, they're cutting your parts off. Yeah. Right. Right. When we're talking, we're we're not in fear of what's going on. We're saying this is right. how you live like right. a human. Right. This is Christian humanism. This is what it right. looks like to love your neighbor. Right. Not to allow people to cut their members off. Right. Not let them kill babies in the womb. Right. Like that's what we're after. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this no, is how we love each no, other. It's, it's and so they're they're. I mean, it's the roundtable sort of discussing us. I've said this a couple of times. It's like we're we're like you know some some sort of. Aboriginal tribe, and, and, and they're like this, like National Geographic, and they're yeah. like, "What do you think they're doing in their natural habitat Out in the wilderness, submitting to their husbands? Right, yeah. like they submit the wives to their husbands, and they want everybody in their and, city to be Christian. Yeah, and it's, but it's but like again, it's it they're they're it's it's flipped upside down and backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is you know this is normal. This is normal life. Yeah. This is actually God, how the world is made. God is in heaven. Yeah. He's made male and female. One man, one woman in covenant of marriage are that's 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 the only kind of marriage there is. That's yep. right. Um, um the, the the goodness and the glory being made male and female. Um that, that that hierarchy, that glory, that beauty, um, that's how that's that's where human flourishing is. Mm -hmm. That's right. And mm -hmm. no amount of of lying and um and playing with these things changes any of that. Uh, for, for the sake of time, we're going to skip a couple of videos and we're going to end on this video so we can get into uh, the Psalm of the Day. But this last clip I want to show you, uh, Haley, go to the clip where it, it's, it's, we're going to skip two videos and go into the clip where Jesus invited, uh, you know, people to the gospel. He didn't force them to become Christians. If you, that's skip two clips to the third clip. And by the way, going back to Christianity and Ann, maybe you could shed some light on this, but Christianity. I mean, Jesus Christ invited people to follow. Never, yeah. it, it was never an imposition, right? Because twist their arm. Let's put it like that. He did not twist their arm. You could come or not. You know, you want to follow this guy, you don't. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Follow this guy, you don't. <laughs> this is elite mainstream media, and and where it's gone. You know, right. they start off with a Unitarian pastor, and now they're talking about yeah. this, this. They know Jesus. This Jesus. You know, I don't mind when they bring up Jesus because I always feel like this is, I mean, you want to talk about Jesus? Let's talk yeah. about Jesus. Except they didn't ever invite me to be part of that conversation, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, the, the, what, I mean, does, what did Paul say? Paul says that God raised Jesus from the dead and now he is the judge of the world yeah. mm -hmm. and he is requiring all men everywhere to repent of their sins. Yeah. Um, what did Jesus say though? Yeah. All authority in heaven, in heaven and on earth has yeah. been given to me, yeah. right? He said to the cities of Jerusalem, it's going to be better for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in the judgment than for you because you saw these mighty signs, these mighty works were done in, right. in your cities and you still didn't believe. The command of Jesus for all men everywhere to repent, right? right? And to believe and to right. follow and obey, right. that's right. the command. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, we're talking about the same Jesus yeah. that beat people um, all up inside the, the temple, right? Yeah. Hey, 40 <laughs> acres. He's just whooping folks. Hey, like, it's from, twice. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. just once. Yeah. Twins and out, folks. Beginning of John, end of John. And, 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 to, be, and to be clear, um, 
Our job is not to coerce anybody. Nah. Our job is to preach the gospel, proclaim to call, the gospel, to call, call yep, them. Yep. But we do command them mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus that they need to repent now because it's now or later. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's coming. But yeah. it's, uh, You're going to get coerced eventually. So, but there's still. <laughs> to ma- but there's, either to hell or to heaven. But, <laughs> but don't miss what they did here, though, too. They merged things together. They merged things together in the sense that when we're talking about law, you still can't steal. You still yeah. can't commit adultery. Right. They you, believe you, in coercion. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You, there's things that you still can't do. You can't right. commit murder. Right. And those who commit murder should be put to death. Like, there is this is all God's law. So when we're talking in the civil area, let's remember the commands of God here. <laughs> and there's also a, a spiritual and a church environment yeah. that don't have the same sort of authority. And they right. want to merge all these things right. together. Right. Now, does the, does the spiritual, does the words of God influence political? Absolutely. Right. Right. And you have to obey those too. Right. But they want to merge everything together. Together with this yep. theocracy rising, and nobody's that's, actually that's why that, uni- that. that table is really a Unitarian table. That's that true. is their worldview, yeah. that's and right. that's all you yeah. get to be in their yeah. new world. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, speaking of great journalism, we're on a mission to make magazines great again. So mm. subscribe to our Fight Laugh Feast magazine. It's a quarterly mini book like experience, mm. packed full of a variety of authors that include theological driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the court, a recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout their glossy pages, and more. Sign up your church. Sign up your grumpy uncle. Sign up, you know, what's her name? Anne? Uh, Thompson? Thompson? Yeah, Yeah, she probably needs a subscription. Uh, Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politics is not held liable for any of them. We're not. The whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you after they've been baptized, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle and enjoy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today. Four issues are just $60 per year. That's it. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now and sign up. Psalm of the day, Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Mm. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. Mm. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 124 is one of the psalms we're going to be singing in Knoxville. Yeah. One of the psalms that we're going to be singing that first night and throughout the conference. This is a psalm of praise for deliverance. The psalm acknowledges that it was the Lord being on our side that delivered us when men rose up against us. We would have been swallowed up alive. The waters would have overwhelmed us. Their proud schemes and wrath would have consumed us. The praise is blessed be the Lord who did not give us as a prey to their teeth likening enemies to predatory animals. The picture of escape is vividly described as a bird escaping the snare of hunters. The snare is broken and we have escaped. And the psalm closes with an exuberant line. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalms like this are given to us because God's people have frequently been hunted over the centuries. On the one hand, this is a reminder not to be surprised by the schemes of evil men. Whether these are singular schemes of particular enemies or the coordinated attacks of powerful regimes, we should not be surprised. They hate God, they hate his Christ, and so they hate us. They hate the truth, they hate the light, and they seek to destroy it. And they seek to destroy it by destroying us. So don't be surprised when enemies rise up against you at work, in your family, in the church, in your community, in the newspaper, in NBC News, meet the press, in the nation. In fact, department. <laughs> in fact, Jesus says that you should be really worried if everyone speaks well of you all the time. Of course, you may not be a belligerent jerk and always be willing to admit when you're actually wrong and you've sinned. And the people closest to you should laugh at the thought of you being too proud to apologize. <laughs> 
But when you've double-checked all that, you should not be shocked when you have enemies. And then you know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Love them. Do good to them. Pray for them. And then trust God to protect you and deliver you from them all. Romans 8 says that if God is for us, who can be against us? And of course, what it means is who can actually stand against us? People certainly can rise up against us, oppose us, and seek to undermine our churches, our businesses, Mm -hmm. our families. Mm -hmm. But if God is on our side, he will rise up and defend us. We know this because he has done so in the cross. He who did not spare his own son, how will he leave us as prey to be consumed by wicked men? Amen. How will he not with him give us all things? And this is why Romans 8 closes with that triumphant declaration that in all these things, and what it's talking about is persecution, famine, nakedness, sword, being killed all day long, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So as you see enemies in your life, See opportunities for your God to be on your side, Mm. to rise up and defend you and your family and your business and your church and the truth. And when he does, you better notice and you better burst out in this song. That's right. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Mm. To the king. To the king. king. Cheers. Cheers. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until tomorrow. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. When I talk to families about NSA, I'm almost always asked, what do our graduates do? The short answer is that NSA grads end up in a wide variety of disciplines, founders of businesses, filmmakers and producers, doctors, writers, marketers, financial experts, lawyers, teachers, pastors, consultants, software developers, and more. And it's a good question, but there is something that we need to talk about when it comes to this question. It shows how much our society has bought into the idea that a college degree is primarily about certifying you for a particular job. A college education ought to reach far higher than mere job training. The original goal of higher ed was to train, shape, and prepare our young people to be cultural leaders wherever they go, no matter what career they land in. Think of it like this, the historic liberal arts student, the student we are cultivating at NSA, is a mechanic for maintaining a just, equitable, and free society. The question I would ask you is, does our society need such mechanics today? Would this graduate have lots of work to do? Well, yes, an overwhelming amount of work. 
Today we live in a society that is falling apart largely because we stopped equipping our students with the know-how they need to build, preserve, and fight for our freedoms, culture, and society. If your son or daughter faithfully pursues this type of education, it means that they will always have plenty of productive, fruitful work to do because there are just so few people being prepared in this way. Think of any organization, a business, a nonprofit, a local government. What do they need? People. In particular, they need people who are equipped to problem solve, communicate, think outside the box, work well with a team, all while being moral and ethical. Students trained in the liberal arts are equipped in these areas, making them highly employable. Employment for the Christian goes far beyond landing a job as a coder and has more to do with being a leader if you end up coding. Over the centuries, liberal arts graduates have taken on countless critical leadership roles in a wide range of industries, becoming professors, pastors, writers, politicians, legal experts, and founders of businesses. Such leaders forged our nation. And beyond their day jobs, such people go on to do really important work like building schools, churches, and other key organizations that serve as places of refuge and strength in a broken land. Even more importantly, they go on to start strong families and raise the next generation of saints. The result of such education is dynamic communities centered around worshiping the triune God and enjoying Him forever. The switch from viewing college education as mere job training to that higher calling of leadership building is a serious paradigm shift. But the more I see our graduates go out and build, both here in Moscow and in the world at large, the more I see the long-term fruit of this orientation shift. For decades, the American college campus has been the battleground upon which the church lost the next generation. We send our kids away to college, and they come back with their faith destroyed, and their allegiance is converted to woke ideologies. But it doesn't have to be like this. College can be the culmination of our children's Christian education, where their love of God is strengthened. Here, they are given the tools not only to follow in the footsteps of their ancestors, but to stand on the shoulders of their forebears and to rebuild the walls of Christendom. For this reason, New St. Andrews was founded, and for this reason, we continue to gift our students with the liberal arts so they can reach their higher callings. To learn more, visit the link in this post, and as always, I'd love to chat if you want to learn more.